0: Hey there, this is Play Me A Recipe and I'm Amanda Hesser coming to you from my kitchen in Brooklyn. Today, I'm going to be making one of my favorite summer desserts, a peach tart. And the recipe is linked in the show notes if you need to refer to it. But otherwise, we're just gonna be gathering ingredients, slicing and baking everything alongside each other. And you can feel free to pause or jump back if you need to catch a breath. This peach tart recipe which I did originally get from my mother, who got it from a friend, who probably got it from another friend. It is my go-to summer peach tart. And the reason is, is because it has a simple press-in almond crust that gets filled with sliced peaches and then showered with a sugary, salty crumble. And it is an incredibly forgiving recipe. You can make it in almost any kind of pan. I've even done it on a, on a baking sheet and used aluminum foil to prop up the edge. You know, it's the, it's the recipe that I make when I go to a friend's house and I don't know what kind of equipment they're gonna have, because you don't really need any equipment. All you need is a bowl and a paring knife and some measuring spoons and it's a press in crust and then you put the peaches on top, the crumble comes together super easily, you put it in the oven and it gets lots of raves and so I make it every every summer. For the recipe, all you'll need are flour, all purpose, salt, sugar, both vegetable and olive oil, but if you only have one or the other, just using one is fine. Whole milk, of course, if you use some kind of other milk, that is totally fine too. Almond extract, cold butter, unsalted butter, but salted butter is fine too. And three large ripe peaches. In fact, I would use more if you can get them and you can stuff them into the tart. So I usually probably use close to five. All right, once you've gathered all the ingredients, you wanna turn your oven to 425. So here I go, turning mine on. Make sure that your oven rack is in the middle. And then the first thing we're gonna do is get the dry ingredients mixed for the dough. So you're gonna, in a mixing bowl, we're gonna stir together one and a half cups of flour. Now, I always fluff up my flour, and if you're doing it out of a bag, you might have to, like, stick a whisk in the bag. My grandmother used to call that sifting. Um, But I have mine in a container, so I'm just fluffing it up with a scoop. You want to lighten it so you're not packing too much flour. And I know all you European bakers out there are just complaining and saying, well, if you would just weigh your flour, you wouldn't have to do that. And that is true. But... We are still using imperial measurements here, at least for this recipe. So I'm adding a cup and a half of flour. That's one half cup. You can hear my oven heating, can't you? starting to make that air flowing sound. There we go, third half cup. Okay, so we got our flour measured. We're gonna need a little bit of flour later, so don't put that away. We're gonna put a half a teaspoon of kosher salt into the flour as well as a full teaspoon of sugar, just to give the the crust just a little bit of sweetness. And I love this crust so much. An oil-based crust gives you a really nice crumbly, it's not flaky, it's a crumbly crust, and it has sort of a nice kind of crackliness that I find very appealing. Okay, so now I'm just giving that a little mix with one of my measuring spoons, and actually the salt and the sugar in the, by mixing them into the flour, it kind of sifts the flour for you. Okay, then in a measuring cup, I am going to add my oil, so it's a half a cup of oil. If you have vegetable and olive oil, you should do a quarter cup of each. And then to that oil, you're going to add two tablespoons of whole milk. You could use almond milk, you can use oat milk, you can use 2% milk if you want. But I have found that I just use whole milk because that's what we have around. Okay. Now, to that, I am also gonna add the almond extract, which is a half teaspoon. If you have a fork, that's fine. Um, You can also just use a mini whisk. And then I would like to whisk that mixture. So it's the oil and the milk and the almond extract. And you'll see it it emulsifies like a salad dressing. Okay, all right, I'm gonna call that a day. And now I'm going to make a little well in the dry ingredients. I'm gonna pour in the oil and milk and almond extract mixture. And then I'm gonna grab a fork. And now I'm using it to pull the dry ingredients in from the sides into the middle of the well that is filled with the olive oil and vegetable oil mixture. And you'll see it gets kinda wet right away, which seems, (laughs) Worrisome, right? Because you're used to probably tart crusts that are a bit drier. But because this is an oil-based crust, it's okay that it's, and also because it's a press-in crust, it's okay that it's a bit more moist. And also you'll see once it bakes, why this is so great, because it actually makes for a super crumbly and light tart shell. So, okay, so I'm scraping this from my bowl into the 11-inch tart pan, or whatever pan you're using. Don't stress. It's okay. Okay. Now, you just have a lump of dough right in the middle of your tart pan. Now, you might want to get a little flour on your hands. Just dip your hands into the flour bag or the flour container. And what I like to do is I actually like to break up the crust into a couple of lumps and put them and sort of spread them around the tart pan so that it's easier to evenly spread it. And then I start in the center and I just cover the base and then I take the lumps and I kind of mush them together. You use a very stiff hand, like, you know, make sure your hand's nice and stiff. And what you want to do is you want to press the dough out around the tart pan and make sure you have a nice thick edge around the, around the edges of the pan because you're going to want some to pull up the sides. Now, right about now is when every time I've made this tart so many times, this is when I think, No, it's just not going to fit in this pan. It's just going to, it's, there's not enough dough, but if you keep pressing, you'll see it will fit an 11 inch. If you like a thicker crust, of course, you can use 10 or nine inch, wouldn't use an eight inch. I think it'd be too thick. And also the dessert would just be too small. So now I'm kind of using my full palm. You want to keep making sure that the center is just covered with a thin layer of dough and that your edges have a bit of meat to them because you're going to want to push that up the sides. Okay. So now I'm going to do that. I'm going to use my fingers now, the tips of my fingers, to push the dough that's on the edges up the sides of the pan. And when you do that, you just want to push it up with the tips of your fingers and not worry too much about making it neat yet because you're you're going to go around. So you want to just keep turning the pan, pulling pulling the dough up with the tips of your fingers, go all the way around the tart. Figure out if there are any weak spots, (laughs) patch them as needed, and then we'll go around again and neaten it up. I find this very meditative. It gives me something very simple to focus my brain on. If you have uneven parts, like where it's thicker on some edges and then others, don't fret. Yes, it won't bake evenly, but this is quite a rustic tart, and also is it's a very forgiving one so if you have thin edges it's not going to fall apart and even if it does it's going to taste lovely and no one will mind so as I'm going around now the second time I'm using one of my thumbs to sort of press down the top of the edge in each of the fluted sections of the tart pan and if you are thinking right now well that sounds tedious you are right it is a little tedious but it's certainly less tedious than having to roll out a proper tart pastry dough. Let's, let's rejoice in getting to just press this in. Now what I do at this moment is I usually go and put this in the fridge and let it chill for a while. In fact, sometimes I'll make this dough in the morning and then I won't bake the tart off until later if I, depending on my schedule. In a bowl, small bowl this time, we're gonna combine three quarters of a cup of sugar and two tablespoons of flour. That's just so that the juices hold together once the tart cools. And a key point right here is if you have juicy peaches, you're gonna want to add probably another tablespoon of flour and quarter teaspoon of salt. I like a nice salty topping, so that's why I'm doing a little bit of a rounded uh, quarter teaspoon. And then I'm gonna add two tablespoons of butter. You're gonna break that butter into chunks with your fingers and then smush it into the flour. Just by pinching it, pinching the butter between your fingers and the flour mixture until you have lots of little buttery, floury bits. They often say that it, you know you want it to be crumbly, a mixture that's you know smaller than the size of peas. <laughs> I've done this thing a lot of times, and I, you know if you have big chunks, it's fine. If you have, if you go super pebbly and small, that's also fine. It's really kind of what you have the time and patience for. Just know that if you do a big chunk of butter in the topping, if you leave the chunks big, you might have little pools of butter on top of your finished tart. And you know, (laughs) some people might see that as a problem, and some people might see that as a very big boon, and they might want that piece with the big pool of butter on it. So again, I leave it up to you. I am about to go on a vacation and I have like my to-do list is really long. So I am finding that I am mushing this into lots of little smithereens because I'm a little stressed. (laughs) Now I'm going to just shake off my hands and you should too. And then let's go wash our hands and then we'll come back. All right, now it's time to cut the fruit. So I have, I'm gonna start with five peaches because my peaches are not huge. You are probably wondering, can I make this with other fruit? And the answer is yes. I have made it with nectarines, I've made it with plums, I've made it with apples. I think this is the kind of recipe that you should feel free to play around with. I've also done peaches with, with some blueberries on top, peaches with blackberries. The basic idea is that you want to take the crust and you want to fill the base of the crust with fruit. Don't pack it in too tightly because you don't want to end up with fruit soup, but don't also leave it too empty, otherwise you want to have a good fruit to crust ratio. So with my peaches here, thankfully their, their pits are coming out nicely. I'm cutting them in half through the stem and I'm just cutting them in half, twisting them and then taking out the pits. That's what I do as the first step. You can use a, a paring knife if you like a smaller knife. Sometimes I use a chef's knife actually, especially if the fruit is like a little underripe. Just find a chef's knife gives, gives you a little bit more control. Okay, so then once I get them cut in half, I'm just gonna cut them each half into, well, mine are, are pretty nice size, so I'm gonna cut them into four, but you might wanna, if you have small peaches, cut them into three slices because you want kind of a nice plump slice. That you can layer in here. A recipe that my mom as i mentioned got from a friend she's been baking for probably 15 years and thankfully shared the recipe with me and it is one of those recipes that gets passed from friend to friend because it's such a to me like the quintessential great home cook recipe because it ends up being this very beautiful lovely sort of sophisticated seeming tart but it's actually quite easy to put together and doesn't require any skill so you don't have to be like a pastry person or any kind of master baker to have a good result. That was me throwing the pits into the garbage. I don't have compost, I'm sorry, but if you do, you should put them in your compost. Okay, I'm gonna go get the tart shell now. All right, I just took the tart shell out of the fridge and now I'm gonna start layering the peaches. What I like to do is I like to lay them on their cut side, starting on the outer edge of the tart and then kind of resting them against each other like fallen dominoes. You're gonna find that after a little bit, they don't always cooperate, but just kind of mush them in order to keep it going in a circle. If you need to leave a little bit of extra space around the outer edge, that's fine because we can fill that in later with some little peach parts. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going around the edge. And again, you want them in, you don't want them packed in, you just want them snug. And what I do also, just a, a little, little pro tip is that if I have peaches that are, like some peaches are great and some peaches aren't, I will alternate them as I'm layering them in so that some, you know everybody gets an equal amount of the good peaches and everyone gets an equal amount of the so-so peaches. Or I should say, ideally the so-so peaches kind of just melt away and you don't notice that they're so-so after it's baked. So then in the center, I, um, if you can get two rows of peaches kind of layered against each other, great and if not, just do your best. <laughs> I've got a few open spaces, so what I'm gonna do is I have four sl- peach slices left and I'm gonna cut those peach slices kind of into little wedges or, or little chunks and I'm gonna use those chunks to fill the empty spaces so that you don't have any tart slices that are, feel like they're lacking peach. Okay, so now I've got the, the peaches into the base of the tart pan and I have the topping handy and I'm literally just going to grab handfuls of it like I might grab a handful of sand at the beach and then I'm going to sprinkle that over the top and you're probably thinking as you're doing this, this is a lot of topping for one tart. What I like to do is go around the edges and where there are empty spaces make sure that the topping drops into those spaces. And just try to get this as evenly as possible. Sometimes you just using your fingertips to kind of nudge it into the spaces is the best way. And mine is looking good. I've got it pretty much covered. And then I'm gonna stick this in the oven and hopefully yours is ready to go in the oven too. I'm putting it directly onto my baking rack. And then I'm gonna set my timer for 35 minutes. It will probably take closer to 40 or 45, but I like to always check it at 35. So I will see you at 35 minutes. I am going to sit down (laughs) and put up my feet for a minute, and maybe you'll do the same. Okay, it's been 35 minutes, so we're gonna check the oven and see how the tart's doing. Ooh, you can hear it, but mine is bubbling away and it looks great, but I still think, what I like is when the peaches get a little, like brown tips on the top, and I want it bubbling in the center, and I want the crust to look a little bit brown. You could take it out now, I'm gonna leave it in for five more minutes. to beauty, this one. I don't know if you can hear this. There's the tart bubbling outside of the oven. It has this nice, wonderful fragrance of peaches and almonds and buttery goodness. So I am going to leave it on my countertop and I am going to let it cool overnight. And if you're making this earlier in the day, you still wanna let it cool completely cause the juices firm up as they cool and it makes it easier to slice and makes it <laughs> more of a slice of tart rather than a, <laughs> a slice of tart shell with a puddle of peaches. I recommend letting it cool. You can always rewarm it later if you want it to serve it warm but I actually really like this tart at room temperature and you can serve it, you can serve it with whipped cream, you can serve it with creme fraiche, you can serve it with ice cream. I actually like it just plain. I also like it for breakfast. (laughs) I mean, if I had to eat it at any time of day, I would, including right now at almost 11 p.m. Thanks so much for making this peach tart with me today. And if you have a sec, please make sure to rate and review us. And I personally would love to hear how yours turned out. And also you can find the recipe on food52.com and we'll be playing new recipes weekly. And if there's a favorite food 52 recipe that you'd like to hear us or me make, email it to us at podcasts at 52com Thanks for listening.